Northumberland 89.7 is CFWN, truly local radio, serving Northumberland County, a not-for-profit volunteer community radio station. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. This is Reality Realty. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And at this time each week, we bring you Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty, your local real estate forum, where we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on Northumberland County and the communities within it. Joining me today as co-host and as a guest is Carol Ann Bryant, <clears throat> mortgage broker, pardon me, mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group. Carol Ann, thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Dale. You're welcome. So it's been a while. It's been a while. And folks, if you've been listening over the holidays, this, you might notice this is our first live show back from the holidays. Mm-hmm. I think it was December 15 was the last live show. Yeah. So you're ready to go? I'm you're I'm, relaxed, you're I'm mostly ready. <laughs> yeah, we, we <coughs> pardon me, we took some time off to to just get a break and uh but in the meantime we both we both got colds, didn't we? Yes, we were sick over the Christmas holidays, which was yeah. not not ideal. Yeah. And it's been a long recovery time. It's been a long recovery time. So yeah. here here we sit, and uh, here I sit now, and I've been feeling good for a long time, but I still have this nagging little tickle in my throat that makes me cough just right. way too often. And wouldn't it have increased 10 minutes before we were on the air? <laughs> of course. <clears throat> Naturally, right? Yes. Naturally. So today, Caroline, we're going to look at, uh, at uh, some new things that are going on in the... Real estate mortgage industry for 2017. Yeah, new year, new stuff. Yeah, the things like uh, new changes. Insure the the mortgage insurers' rates. We are also going to be looking at refinancing. Right. Refinancing. We're going to look at why people do it, the rules, and pros and cons of refinancing, and and then and then we'll look at at the very end something uh, very unique. Uh, a special sort of refinance, and that's uh, something to do with the uh, spousal buyout program, correct? Right, yep. We'll so, talk about that. Good show, good practical things to know about about the real estate industry, and, and in particular, the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Pardon me. So let's begin uh, our show off today with market updates. So this is a snapshot which is a look at, this is a snapshot segment, which is a look at today's residential real estate market right here in Northumberland County. So there have been 49 single family residential sales over the past month, 49. Not many, but when you think about it, we're, we're talking about from 
January 8, uh, December 18 to January 18, basically, is when I yeah. pulled the numbers. Which people don't typically buy and sell over no. the Christmas vacation. Days days before Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, and, and now just a, a few weeks after all that's happened. So, but... In one in one sense, forty nine sales over the past month isn't much, but in a another perspective is to say what forty nine sales in that time. Like, why was anybody doing work, uh, uh, real estate transactions during that time? Mm-hmm. But they happen. They don't. They don't stop. <clears throat> so that reflects the time that we just had the the holidays, and there is an inventory of residential listings for sale of 184 listings for sale right now in our community. The average selling price of successful sales over the past 12 months has increased once again to approximately $344,000 average price in Northumberland County. On average, over the past year, people have been receiving 98.5% of their asking price. Really good, uh, really good sale prices on uh, successful sales over the past year. Mm-hmm. And the sales have been happening on average in a time of 46 days on the market. So for our community, very quick. Yeah. Uh, they've never been this slow before. If you're in the GTA, you'd be wondering why so long. Uh, Northumberland County, we're still in a seller's market. We have an absorption rate of 27% based on the past month's sales trend. And you don't have to worry about writing these stats down. I also publish them at the end of every month on my social media pages. So take a look for me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Google+, and... At the beginning of every month, I publish these stats um, to reflect the past month. Uh, I research these Northumberland County statistics and I calculate the absorption rate using information from List Central. And List Central is the local realtor component of the MLS system. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you'll want this kind of information, but you'll want it to be more specific to the area you're looking at, to the property type you're dealing with, and the price band it's in. So talk to your local realtor, because a local realtor will understand the Northumberland market information that's most relevant to you. And no one understands that Northumberland real estate market as well as a Northumberland realtor who's actually a member of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors. Carol Ann, why don't you give us mortgage rates for today? I would be happy to. So (coughs) prior to Christmas, we had several rate hikes. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes daily I was getting emails with changes, lenders changing their interest rates, mostly that the fixed interest rates were going up quite significantly. And so now for the new year, we have uh, some lenders that are offering some special rates. So there's certain conditions that apply to these rates. So these are the lowest available rates should you qualify. Five-year fixed at 2.64% and a five-year variable at prime minus 0.6 and prime is at 2.7. So that would make your interest rate 2.1%. 
Okay. 2.1 for a five-year variable. Correct. Well, still, they're great rates, absolutely yes. great rates, um, even though they did go up marginally and, and now back down a little bit. And a reminder to our listeners, today's mortgage rates come to us from mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant with the Broker Financial Group. And folks, that is a current snapshot of the residential real estate market right here in Northumberland County. And I just like to remind our listeners that the views and opinions expressed by me, co-host, guests of the show, or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of the station of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, of any real estate brokerage, or of any other realtor. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. So, Carol Ann, we, yes. we said we were going to talk about changes to right. the industry for, for this year. What are some of those recent changes that uh, have, have gone on? Right. So, uh, a very recent change is that uh, CMHC changed their um, insurance premiums. And uh, so unfortunately, CMHC. they went up. For, Canada for Mortgage and Housing Corporation. And, and for those who don't know... What they do. What do they do? So they insure mortgages um, for the lender. Um, if you have less than 20% down, you as the buyer are required to pay that insurance premium. Mm-hmm. And that ins- again, that insurance is for the lender. It's, it, sometimes you might hear it called default insurance. So it's in the case where somebody isn't making their mortgage payments and then it protects the lender. Um so CMHC is a crown corporation, and then there's two privately owned, Canada Guarantee and Genworth. Genworth uh, pretty much immediately followed suit with, um, with, with increasing. increasing. Unfortunately, the they increased them. They didn't decrease them. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, Canada Guarantee, I was looking this morning and haven't seen any indication that they have done anything, but they, you know, they likely will. I can't see how they would uh, not follow suit. They all followed suit last time. There mm-hmm. was an increase. What, when was the last time they increased? Yeah, that's a good question. It, it was last year. It was last yeah, year. Yeah, I don't okay. remember the month that and it s- happened. And so they increased from what to what? Um, so right now, the, the most common down payment that people have is 5%. That's the most common. So prior to this change, if you had 5% down, the insurance premium was 3.6% on whatever your loan amount was. And okay. now it's gone up to 4%. So it's... Uh, so from 36 to 4%. Yeah, you might not think that's a huge increase, but when you start c- doing the calculations, it's going to cost you extra money now to buy a house. Okay, so uh, before the show, I quickly asked you, um, I told you that the average house price in Northumberland County over right. the past year was 344000 mm-hmm. Did you have some time to uh, yep, give some, some examples yep, at, that, some at that rate? I have some calculations for you. Okay. So with the old premium, the insurance premium, so at 3.6% on that average sale price, the insurance premium, which gets added to your loan amount, was $12,384. But now at 4%, it's going to be $15,360. That's a difference of almost $3,000, 2976 to be specific. Yeah. Gets added to your loan amount. Um, you have the option to pay that insurance premium yourself and not have it added to your loan amount, but nobody does that because 
obviously, if you had that kind of money, you'd pour more than 5% down on your house. So it gets added to your loan amount. So let's look at, do you want to know what it does to your monthly payment? No, we'll just move on. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, great idea. Okay, so um, at the old insurance premium at 3.6%, your principal and interest payment on that average house purchase of 344 would have been $1,621.43. Now, at 4%, it's $1,634.97. It's $13.54 per month. And you might think, no big deal. But Mm -hmm. if you think about the fact that that stretched out over 25 years or a a five-year term even, it's extra money that's not in your pocket and it's going into the pocket of somebody else. Um. I calculated that monthly increase over a five-year term, and it it is going to cost you eight hundred and twelve dollars and forty cents more if you just have five percent down, and then you add that to the additional to the three thousand to the three thousand that, that yeah. you were more in debt on your mortgage to start with. Plus, your actual loan amount is higher, so the interest you pay over that term. Is, is higher because you have a higher loan amount. So And all these extra charges to someone who couldn't come up with the 20%. So That's correct. Yeah. It's, I mean, not that you're down and out because you only had 5 or 10 or 15%. Not that you're down and out, but... It just makes it a little bit more difficult. It just, yeah. you know, people are going to have to take a look at that and look at their budgets and really, you know, think about what do they want to spend on on their mortgage per month and and stick within that that budget because these little things add up over time yeah and and that's just that's just one aspect of the real estate purchase and transaction now if you want to see what the actual changes are across the board if you have more than 5% down you can go to CMHC's website and they'll have a chart there i actually posted it on facebook as well so if you want to look me up on facebook uh, you'll see the chart is posted there to show the difference um you know if you have 10% down it's gone from 2.4% to 3.1% so it's all gone up across the board so that's even a larger jump yeah um, per- percentage wise yeah mhm all right. Well, folks, something to consider when when uh, purchasing a home. And Caroline, what, there was I know there was something else. Some we good. Were well, some good news. Some good, good news. news is that the land transfer tax rebate for first-time home buyers was increased from two thousand to four thousand dollars. And that was and as of January first. Yeah, that's effective now. So if you're buying a home um, right now. Uh, the first $368,000 of purchase prices is, is the land transfer tax is covered. So if you're purchasing for over that, then you have to start paying land transfer tax on, on the remainder. So that was a nice little thing to help out. No, yeah. And that's for first-time home buyers first-time home only, buyers. so that, yeah. that rebate. Yeah. And, and so... And for and what do you have to? Yeah. Who who is a first time home buyer? So for that program, the rules for first time home buyer are you can't have owned a home anywhere in the world. And so, 
if you are buying a house with somebody who has owned a home and you've not owned a home, then you don't get the full rebate. So it's if you've a, been on title, if you've been on title at all, that's right. On any home, that counts you out. You, you're counted out. And if mm-hmm. you're buying it with somebody else, if they've been on title, right. maybe maybe you haven't, but they've been on title to a home before, then if it's the two of you, then it would likely be fifty percent mm-hmm. of of this rebate would apply That's correct. to you alone and not to That's the, right. the other person. Okay. Yeah. That gets figured out with your lawyer. <coughs> the lawyer handles that. There's forms to fill out and it all gets taken care of at the lawyer's office and 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 the transaction of the, the money happens there mm-hmm. as well. And and these people have to be either Canadian citizens or permanent residents. Yes. And and these homes that they purchase have to also be a permanent residence for this first time home buyer. It's not going to apply to a, an investment property. Correct. At all. Yeah. So some some good news. Yeah, that was a bit of good news. Following the uh, following the disappointing news of an increase in CMHC insurer rates. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about refinancing, Caroline. Right. Why do people refinance their mortgages? What are some common reasons people will refinance? Yeah, so there's a few common reasons. Um, One would be debt consolidation. So you have people who have run up credit cards and they're high interest credit cards and um, they're just making the, the minimum payment on them and they're finding that their cash flow each month is a little bit tight. So they say, what if I rolled that debt into a low rate interest mortgage? Would that be beneficial? And and would you say that's one of the biggest um, drivers for people to refinance their mortgage? Yeah, that's probably mm-hmm. the most common. Um, <coughs> other factors are um, if you have a mortgage and the interest rates have dropped sin- significantly and you're not near the end of your term yet, but you want to find out, w- it, would it be worthwhile to break my mortgage and uh, refinance to get that lower interest rate? And um, that certainly does help people in some instances. That's where you definitely want to um, talk to a mortgage broker and run the numbers because it might seem appealing to you. You might have a mortgage that's, you know, in the 4% range and and you're looking at these 2% and you're thinking, oh, that's great. But now let's calculate the penalty that you're going to pay to break that mortgage and see, will you recoup that penalty if you do the refinance? And in some cases, yes, it's worth it. In other cases, it's not worth it. You won't recoup that penalty. So it doesn't make any sense to go through that. So... And that makes me think about people just assuming, assuming some things about a refinance and, and maybe the penalty. Right. Uh, these numbers can vary a lot, can't they? Depending on the uh, mortgage product you presently have. Penalties? Are you talking penalties pe- can yeah, vary? Penalties. Yes. And, yes. and uh, I think it'd be a dangerous thing to just assume whether it's good or not. Uh, you really need to know the exact numbers, don't you? Yeah, you need somebody to run the numbers because depending on the financial institution you're with, the interest uh, penalty, the the penalty could be calculated based on 
posted rate or or it could be based on the contract rate that you had if if you're with an institution that does their penalties based on what the posted rate is um, that's uh, that is quite a significant penalty you're going to pay mm-hmm. and so you want to make sure that it makes sense exactly and and it really it costs nothing to find out it, it does not cost anything, no, to, to find that out. And that would be the same thing with a refinance. Um, I, I go over everything with my clients, you know, what, okay, what are you paying right now on these high interest credit cards? Or maybe it's a, a loan, maybe somebody wants to get rid of OSAP or some, something like mm-hmm. that. whatever the debt is they want. Okay, what, what is the interest rate on that? What are you paying per month? Now let's Roll that into your mortgage. Let's add the cost of refinancing, so the penalty to break your existing, the discharge fee to leave that lender, uh, legal fees perhaps, mm-hmm. that, uh, an appraisal. Quite often appraisals have to be done now. O- almost always appraisals have to be done now. So we take a look at all those costs and, you know, what is your new scenario now? Mm-hmm. And does that actually relieve, like help relieve, give you some more cash flow every month? Does it make a difference? And in some cases it does and it makes sense. And in other cases, it's really not a significant increase to their monthly cash flow. So then they have to decide whether it's worth it or not. And you want to, if that is what you're doing, if you're getting rid of that debt, you want to make sure that you're not going to run that debt back up again. All right. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit later, the pros and cons of the refinancing. But we're already running into break time. Folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join Carol Ann and me after this break, and we'll be talking more about mortgage refinancing. We'll be talking a little bit more maybe about why refinancing, the rules, the pros and cons of refinancing your mortgage, and much, much more. We'll be back in a moment. Farley Moe, Marie Dressler, James Coburn, and the great Farini. You will hear their stories and many more as Northumberland 89.7 presents Northumberland 150, created and presented by musician and lifelong resident Kale Crow. This 50-part series will spotlight truly local stories from the past century and a half. Northumberland 150 heard every Tuesday at 8.40 a.m., Thursday at 2.40 p.m., Saturday at 11.40 a.m., and each weekly episode will be available on podcast. Celebrate Canada's 150th birthday with us as we present Northumberland 150 right here on Northumberland 89.7 Truly Local Radio. Come on out to Hometown Bingo, open every day from 12.30 to 7 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, Thursday to Sunday, 12.30 to 9.45. $2 per paper strips, all day Fridays, and 7 p.m. daily paper specials. We are located at 884 Division Street. Give us a call at 905-372-5426 or visit us online at hometownbingo.ca. Our license number is 7844. Welcome back. This is Northumberland, 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my co-host and guest today is the Broker Financial Group's mortgage broker for Northumberland County, Caroline Bryant. Yes, that's me. Who is also my wife. That's correct. Yes. And nothing to say about that? (laughs) 
It's in our anniversary. Did you remember that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Good absolutely. to know. Absolutely. February 2nd, Groundhog Day. <laughs> yes, Groundhog Day. It's always yeah. Groundhog Day on our anniversary. Well, yeah. <clears throat> that's pretty special, actually. Yeah, how why could, is that? Well, how could you have ever planned that? I mean, that's... Most people, like, go for Valentine's Day, maybe a nice Christmas wedding, more, wedding on more the beach. More summer, more summer. But we went for the Groundhog slu- day. the slushy weather Groundhog Day. Yeah. That's worked out. It's worked <laughs> out really well. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Carol Ann, before the... <laughs> yeah. Before the break, we were talking about ref- mortgage refinancing. And yes. we were talking about some of the reasons people refinance. Correct. Uh, there's still... <coughs> I mean, some of the reasons we talked about were... People were uh, trying to consolidate debt they'd accumulated in other places. We we talked about taking advantage of lower interest rates. Uh, but there's also, you might not have accumulated debt yet, but maybe you're about to. You're considering taking on a big project. Right. And, and maybe a project in your home. And, uh, and you're wanting to refinance to pay for future home improvements right what could you tell us about that well you could just do a a straight refinance uh, if you have enough equity (coughs) I guess we didn't really talk about that but the rules are you can only refinance up to 80 percent of the appraised value of your home so you absolutely have to have an appraisal done Mm -hmm. and don't just don't go out and get that appraisal done on your own that's something that your financial institution or your broker has to order through um, an approved uh, appraiser. And so you can go up to 80% of that. Alternatively, if you need more than 80%, if you're doing some work around the house and you say, I'm going to need more than 80% of the value of my house. Well, now there's a program called Refinance Plus Improvements. I think Which, we've probably talked about this at some point. Yeah, but it was quite a while ago. So yeah. so there's a purchase plus improvement program yep. put on by the insurer. Yeah. And now there's this refinance, refinance yep. plus, plus improvement as well. So what what can you say about that? So so this would be in the case where you need more than 80% of the value of the appraised value. So now what they do is you you get your quotes for the work that you're having done. Mhm. And you submit that along with your application and now those improvements are going to increase the value of your home hopefully so now your refinance is based on the as improved value of the home so now that's a way to get some extra cash because maybe before your house was worth 350 but with the improvements you're worth 400 so now you can do 80 percent of 400 instead of 80 percent of 350 Right, and and these these quotes that you're getting, mm-hmm. do they have to be from a contractor? Can you do some of the work yourself? How what are what are the rules to that? Yep. So this is the same as the purchase plus improvements. You can have a contractor 
drop uh, quote for you. You could go to Home Depot and say, or whoever. Yeah, whoever. <laughs> I'm just saying, go Home Depot. Like if you want to do it, if you're doing a kitchen renovation anywhere that does kitchens, you go in there and get the quote. Um, you absolutely can do some work yourself. So you know, if you're replacing some flooring and you're <coughs> you're handy and you want to do that job yourself, then you submit the the uh, quote for the material and obviously there's no labor cost involved um anything that's a trade related though plumbing electrical heating air conditioning that sort of stuff that has to be done by a tradesperson and if you get the quote up front but then somewhere along the line you maybe find someone else who's going to do the work for a better price or whatever you're not stuck to use that person that initially gave you the quote it's just to get an idea of what works involved and and how that will improve the value <coughs> of your house well hopefully you would use that contractor yeah after after they've taken the time yep. to come out and and uh give you the quote uh, yep hopefully hopefully you would uh reward them with the business afterwards yes and so when do you get your money uh, you in, don't, re in relation to yeah. the, the work being done? You don't get it right away. So um, it's held in trust at your, lawyer's, okay. uh, at your lawyer's account, trust account. And you have 90 to 120, depending on the lender, 90 to 120 days to complete the renovations. Mm -hmm. Once the renovations have been completed, um, de again, depending on the lender or financial institution, you can either just provide a letter from the contractor saying the work is complete. Um, or you might have to have the appraiser come in and just do an inspection report to say, yes, everything that we said was going to be done is done and complete. And end and, and up to a standard. Yes. Uh, up to a, a, yeah, a professional Yeah, that you standard. actually did improve the value of your house is, is what they're looking for. Right. And <coughs> once that is done, the, the funds are released immediately from your lawyer's trust account to you. So that happens pretty quickly. So you do have to, during that period of time, have either, you know, if you're working with a contractor, maybe they're willing to just take a deposit and then get paid at the end. Um, or maybe you have a line of credit and you use the line of credit and then you pay that off later. Right. So, and, and the rules to this, Caroline, the rules yes. are that the bank will not exceed 80%. That's correct. Of the, of the value of the home. Yes. That's been this. quite a while, those rules. I mean, mm -hmm. prior to that, we were allowed to refinance up to 95% of the value of the home. But the yeah, government... Has it been, has it been like a couple been a years? While. I, I believe so. It's been a... Yeah, for sure. A I'm, I'm thinking a couple, but sometimes... Yeah, time two, flies. Yeah, I think it's two years. For and sure, and two ends, years. And it ends up being six years well, or something like that. It could be that. more like three years, but yeah, yeah that's been quite a common rule any other rules that people should be aware of if they're considering refinancing their mortgage any other rules well obviously you have to qualify mm -hmm. again so if there was any material change to your situation from your original mortgage like you you changed jobs and your income is less then you may not qualify you can't just assume that you're going to be able to qualify you can use the same lender that you have your existing mortgage with if you want mm -hmm. um well, that would be a, a, a true refinance as opposed to a switch in refinance, right? Well, a, yeah, so a switch is different. A switch or a transfer means you're not changing any any 
um, details of your mortgage. So a refinance means that something is changing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're changing the loan amount. You're changing the amortization. You're changing uh, who's on title of the property. That, that would also be considered a refinance, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you just mentioned the amortization there. Do you find people that come to you for a mortgage actually think a whole lot about the amortization and being a tool to help no. pay off their mortgage quicker? Yeah, no, they don't. <clears throat> most people don't really understand what that is. They, they just think about the term like the five-year. You know, everybody's got it in their head, five-year, five-year. Well, with, uh, with a whatever, 25-year amortization. and Yeah, and they don't understand that that can be a tool to actually reduce the amount of interest you pay. Over the well. lifetime of the mortgage, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, interesting, interesting stuff. So that is, that's those are the rules. How about the pros and the cons of doing, I, I know you, you started into it before the break and I sort of stopped you. I said, hey, yeah. we'll, we'll do that later. What are, well, first of all, what are some pros? Well, some pros are that you financing. can actually increase your monthly cash flow. So if you're doing it f- because you have high high interest credit cards and you're just struggling you you, you're just making your minimum payment and you can't seem to get any of that principal we all know and i think some some credit card statements will actually show you that if you make the minimum payment how many years it's going to take you to pay that that credit card off and it's quite it's quite frightening it's very frightening when you look at that yeah so um, it's a, it is a tool in a way to, to help you get that paid off, not be paying that high interest. It's only a tool if you're not going to run those cards up again. Which is the con side of that pro. Exactly. Because if, in fact, you have refinanced up to 80% of the value of your home in order to pay off those debt, that, that debt, and within a year's time, you've run them all back up again. Mm-hmm. You, you can't go down that road again of refinancing. Yeah, you, you, you haven't paid off enough equity in your home to do that. So now you're now you have a higher mortgage payment and you've run those cards back up again. In some instances, I have seen where the lender has in the mortgage commitment said that the solicitor is to pay, say it's a visa. You have a visa, you know, $10,000 is to be paid off with the proceeds of the refinance and closed. So that account is closed, you can't use it anymore. Now, there's nothing stopping you from going out and getting another credit card, but sometimes it is closed. So right. you want to make sure, too, that's another thing. Like maybe you're including a, an unsecured line of credit into your refinance. You want to also make sure that you know whether or not that unsecured line of credit is going to be available to you afterwards or if, in fact, it's going to be closed. Because some mm-hmm. people will have the discipline to not run it back up again, and they want to have that available to them, that unsecured line of credit. Um, but some, in some cases, they'll come to find out because they weren't told or they didn't read their paperwork that, sorry, that, that, that's closed. You don't have access to it anymore. Yeah. We, I'm, I'm, t- I'm t- taking a look here at the studio window, and we have a previous guest here. And uh, they're making funny faces, trying to throw us off. But we're we're pretty we're pretty steady here on Reality Realty, aren't we, Caroline? Yes. Yeah, I won't name names, Richard. But uh, anyways, you know what? Sometimes, 
sometimes it's more is more than just the dollar amount, right? It, it's the stress levels uh, need to be involved, uh, taken into account too. Like maybe maybe dollar wise on a refinance, you say uh, it's it's not going in our favor because we're going to take longer to pay off the mortgage now because mm-hmm. we've just increased it, and so that plan to pay it off isn't good, but. Uh, sometimes it could be a, a stress levels that you've created something that is just it, just eating away at uh, at your at your at your relationships at your person. So th- they can be some pretty deep issues when you get into uh, financing, can't they? Well, yes, obviously, yes. Finances is is a uh, one of the things that couples tend to have issues with. Yeah, and so. So, I mean, the part you said, Caroline, about not getting back into that and looking maybe at what were the catalysts to uh, create those debts to come up so high. Yeah, you want to make sure that you're not going to do that again. Now, the other thing is, too, if you've run that debt up, um, if you've not been making your minimum payments or you've been making late payments, there's a possibility you're not going to be able to refinance because your credit has been damaged. Right. So before you get to that point where you can't handle those bills anymore, that's when you should talk to your financial institution, your mortgage broker, and say, hey, we're in a bit of a tight spot right now. What are our options? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when you get to the point where you can't make those payments anymore, now you've possibly eliminated that option of refinance. And you don't want to get to a <coughs> point where you cannot na- make your mortgage payment. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that, not a good road to go down. No, and try and get a, a mortgage in the future after a mortgage. Pretty impossible. After a mortgage lender sees that that not paying your mortgage was an option to you, or yeah, or the likelihood of that. getting good interest yeah. rates again have gone out the window. And the other the other thing to be wary of is uh, is what are you consolidating? Was was it a vehicle, or was it was it some other possession in your home? that now being mortgaged over maybe 15, 20, 25 years, that item's not even going to exist anymore. Yeah. And you're still going to be paying for it for years and, later. And, th- and that would be a downsize too. I mean, when you talk about your mortgage, it's considered a good debt because it's it in the end, it's an asset. If you're taking care of it, it becomes an asset. Mm-hmm. A car is not a good debt. No, those things. It's, <laughs> those, not a, it's not a good debt. <laughs> those things. It's a bad debt. Those, it's those a necessity, yeah. but all it is is you're paying something that is depreciating, mm-hmm. uh, unlike a home, which hopefully is appreciating in value. All right. Well, I think I think we've pretty much covered covered that aspect of of the uh, of the refinancing. Um, we're going to take a break, Carol Ann, and then after the break. I like to talk about something very specific in the mortgage refinancing, and that is the spousal buyout program. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, program that uh, likely gets used more than than maybe someone would hope it would get used, but uh, a very important program nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland, eighty nine seven FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break. And we'll talk about another form of mortgage refinancing, the Spousal Buyout Program.
Did you ever expect a radio show to be this great? No, I just tuned in. I hadn't been really enjoying radio. At first I thought, I'm not going to like it. But here I am every day, listening, singing. I'm so happy to have found this show. Listen to The Morning Show with Jim Glover, Monday to Friday, 7 till 10. News, weather, and sports on the hour, plus great features. Chemical Northumberland, Big Beat, The Chicken Man, Lost Rock and Roll Classics, and many other surprises, all right here on Northumberland 89.7, truly local radio. Come out and enjoy a fabulous movie-going experience at the Rainbow Cinemas. Playing January 13th to 19th. Patriot's Day, rated 14A. Hidden Figures, rated PG. No free passes accepted. And Sing, rated G. The Rainbow Cinemas are located in the Northumberland Mall, 1111 Elgin Street West. Give them a call, 905-372-2444 or visit rainbowcinemas.ca. Looking to change your mind? Grab a cup of curiosity and join me Thursdays at 12 noon for conversation with cutting-edge thinkers that invite you to think differently about yourself and the world. Update your thinking, the Jan Sprague Show, here on Northumberland 89.7, truly local radio. Welcome back. This is your Real Estate Forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant and my co-host slash guest today is mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant. And Carol Ann is out of the Broker Financial Group here in Coburg. Right across the road from the radio station, Right across actually. the road from, from the station. And, and I'm looking out now. What a gorgeous day. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's the middle of January. Well, I guess we're getting towards the end of January. Yeah, the uh, 19th of January. Yeah. Which isn't a great thing to do if I ever want to replay the show. <laughs> Anyways, a gorgeous day. Your office is just across the road there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Carol Ann, prior to the break, we were talking about uh, mortgage refinancing. We've, we've already covered why people would want to refinance. We've covered the rules of refinancing. We've looked at some pros and cons of refinancing. <coughs> Pardon me. Now, I... I wanted to touch on something here. It's a, a special program, and it's it's the uh, spousal buyout program. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I can. It's not a program that many people are aware of, I'm coming to find out. Um, and also I'm finding out not many lawyers are aware of this program either. This is a unique program that, kind of gets around the 80% rule. And so this is an ins- in an instance where um, a couple has decided to separate and one of them wants to remain in the home. But they don't have the available funds to pay the other one the equity, their, their portion of the equity in the property. And so in some cases, when that is decided, what that spouse who's leaving the property is mm-hmm. going to be removed from title, uh, what their portion of the equity is, sometimes that figure ends up being over 80%, like you'd have to refinance to over 80% of the value of the home. So there's a program called Spousal Buyout Program. And 
that allows you actually to go up to 95% of the value of the home if you need that. And, and, and it's not just the buyout, but maybe there's a common debt that you have. Maybe there's an unsecured line of credit that you have. And uh, both of you are on it. And part of your separation agreement is that that debt is to be paid off. And so that debt can be included in the refinance. So it's a combination of paying off perhaps debt common debt and uh, an equity takeout to pay off the spouse who's being removed from title. So at 95, it's almost, it's basically like a new purchase program. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and now you're, you're mentioning a lot of people aren't aware of it. Is is it relatively new? No, it's not (coughs) relatively new. I, I, not, not all financial institutions participate in this program. So it's a it's a CMHC. The ins- there's some insurers that that participate in it, but that doesn't mean that the financial institution has that program. Right. They they or can opt to, in or not. Yeah. Exactly. So um, it, it's something that you have to to double check and see. And, and maybe if your financial institution doesn't have that program, then you'd you'd go to another institution that does provide it. Or if you're dealing with a mortgage broker or, then, then or mortgage know. agent. We know who then, provides that yeah. program, yeah. Then you can move them around. So uh, rules rules on this uh, spousal buyout program. Uh, the biggest thing is that you have to have your separation agreement uh, finalized. Preferably, it would be good if it's finalized at the beginning when you start the process. But as long as it's finalized at some point, point before the closing date mm-hmm. um, that's that's fine so you do have to have because you know they need to see that the the one spouse has agreed to be removed off title and and you know who's who's is their spousal support is their child support um, if there is common debt uh, are you both in agreement that it gets paid off with the house or is one person taking you know that debt on themselves in lieu of equity from the home, you know, whatever it is you've worked out. So that, that is an important component of it. Um, I prefer that it's done before you start the process because I've seen where there's been sort of an, a verbal agreement and nothing's been put in writing yet. And then as, as we go through the process of doing the refinance, one of them has decided they want to change <laughs> something and, and now we don't end up with a finalized um, separation agreement. So now the refinance can't take place because they're back in negotiations. Um, right. But now <clears throat> I'm just trying to think through the uh, through lo- logistics of this. So it, in, a, in an agreement like that, if somebody is, is buying out the other spouse, mm-hmm. Then, then they need to know they have a vehicle in which to buy it out. So, can you really fina- finalize the uh, the agreement, separation agreement, or, or divorce, or whatever it might be? Can you actually finalize it before you you know you have the vehicle in place to buy it? Yeah, that's that is a good point. And so, y- you know, you yeah, that is a good point. Um, which, if you if you have that finalized, I guess you have to just 
hope that there's not going to be any changes. If, if, you, if you've started the process and it's not actually uh, signed uh, by everybody, you just want to hope that nothing's going to change during mm-hmm. that time. I mean, what, what, so you just don't do the refinance on that particular closing date. Now you change it to a different date. That, that can happen, but then maybe you lose out on an interest rate or it could happen, like interest rates change. But um, another thing to consider with this program is, depending on the financial institution, um, you, you may be required to draw, draw up a purchase agreement between you and your and your ex-spouse and it's um it doesn't have to be done through a real estate agent you can draw it up yourselves you can go to a lawyer um and that document is just to say that you're you're giving that that equity that's being um used for the refinance is is sort of the down payment the other spouse is agreeing this is the down payment so both say Mr. and Mrs. Jones, they're the sellers. And then the spouse that is going to remain in the house is the buyer. That's what how this purchase agreement is written up. Okay. So this isn't how this isn't how it has to be done with every lender then. It, no. This is how you've experienced some, it. With some require some the lenders. purchase agreement to be drawn up. <coughs> this is if you have to go over eighty percent. Okay? Up to eighty percent, this is right. not required. So if you need if you need above eighty yeah. percent, this can be a yeah. requirement. And some and some financial institutions will just accept that that is written in your separation agreement. Okay, and so they some, don't require a purchase agreement. And some need the uh, agreement of purchase and sale. Yeah. And <clears throat> so there's there's that uh, aspect to consider. Any any other um, aspects of the of the uh, spousal buyout refinancing that you can think of or, or any of hiccups um, other than people changing their mind, you know, partway through the agreement. Um, those are the two main components. And, and aside from that, it's like every other, every other product. Of course, you want to make sure that whoever wants to stay in the home can carry the mortgage themselves. And, and sometimes that that isn't the case. You know, you bought the house with both of you uh, on title and both of you on the mortgage and both your incomes were included in the qualifications. So, you know, it doesn't always work that this program person can qualify for this program. So inevitably in that case, then the house has to go off for sale to divide the, the equity. Right. But in, in the unfortunate circumstance that uh, a separation or a divorce uh, takes place like this, that extra 15% towards the um, value of the home, uh, that's a biggie. That, that, that absolutely, I'm sure, is a, uh, an enabler that wouldn't have existed for someone to take, take Yes, because the, uh, the people that don't realize that that program exists automatically think they have to put the house up for sale. Mm-hmm. And they may really want to stay there. Exactly. Uh, very comfortable for uh, location for kids or school or yep. for, for their yep. job, or maybe they just love the house. Yep. It just works for them. Yeah, so a couple neat things we've looked at today, Caroline. We've looked at uh, a few. Well, we've looked at refinancing. We've looked specifically at, right now, the um, disposal buyout program. We took a look at 
uh, refinance plus um, uh, ref- refinance, refinance. Or straight refinance or refinance plus, plus improvements, improvements uh, which is a, a unique uh, product that doesn't just refinance on the value today, but the as improved value. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of news, a little bit of news on the uh, CMHC rates going up, uh, which is, isn't helping um, buyers. But also we had a little bit of news on the, uh, on the land transfer tax yes. increasing January 1st of this year. It doubled. It doubled from uh, $2,000 to $4,000. Yep. So, Carol Ann, what do you think for the rest uh, for for this year? Is there any other buzz in the air uh, in the mortgage world? Well, I guess the biggest buzz is uh, how things are going to look with the the new mortgage rules, underwriting rules that were instituted uh, just before the end of the year. That that threw threw the whole industry in a bit of a tizzy towards the end of the year and left a lot of uh, financial institutions scrambling to figure out how they were going to um, apply those rules and how, you know, what programs they could keep. Uh, Some financial institutions dropped uh, certain programs. And uh, so we saw a bunch of sort of like, um, if you want to say knee-jerk responses, (laughs) happen and then we sort of saw some things come back again that had been taken away um but then you know um there's still an adjustment period and i'm i it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out this year how these how these rules affect um some of the financial institutions that i use often to fund mortgages they're the ones that are affected by these rules more so than uh, the big banks. And so we'll see what kind of effects that have. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of effect this is having for first time home buyers. Like I'm interested to see what kind of trends you're going to see in the real estate, because mm-hmm. uh, I think there'll be a, you know, a, a certain amount of people that now can't, uh, can't afford to buy a house because they have to qualify at a higher interest rate. Yeah, so. it, it seems it seems we get more news, making uh, it a greater challenge to buy a home, than we get news that uh, makes the process uh, more accessible. So, mm-hmm. it definitely is that way. And and uh, the 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 people in involved with creating these new rules would say is protecting us all in the long run. It's um, protecting us from ourselves. And from getting in over our heads, and uh, is protecting yes. our whole economy. But uh, I, I don't, <coughs> I don't, I have a different opinion on that myself. But um, which I think I've stated before on this show. Yeah. Do you are you are you itching to restate it? <laughs> I think that if um, if you're realistic as a home buyer, if you're realistic and you've got your budget set, and and you're working with someone, a mortgage broker who, you know, says to you, this is the amount you qualify for to keep you in that budget. And you and you can stay within that budget and you know that's going to be manageable for you, then there's no problem. It, I think the problem arises 
and, 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 and you probably see this when you're taking people around to look at homes. It's an emotional it's an emotional thing. It's hard for Very people. Much. It's hard for people to make it a business decision. You walk into a house and and you fall in love with it, and it's not in your price range. You will do it almost anything to try and make that work, including mm-hmm. stretching your budget rate to the max. So, I think that part of the process is, um, you know, something that's important. I think that it would be really wonderful if the government or do, uh, imposing regulations on the credit card companies. <laughs> uh, and, then, and, and there is your beef. Yeah. Why, why, why are all can the somebody is allowed to borrow, you know, have a credit card for $10,000 at 29% interest, or they yeah. can't buy a house, but they can get approved for a $40,000, $50,000 car loan instantly. Um, they they seem to beat up on the best investment you can make, yes. and and the other the other purchases aren't looked at near as closely. And that is my yeah, that's my opinion. Well, Caroline, thank you for your opinion. You're welcome. Thank you for the time on the show today. You're welcome. Uh, always love when you're able to come in, and even when you're not able to come in, but I drag in. <laughs> <laughs> love having you sit across from me here as a guest and a co-host. And if anyone would like to contact you and find out more about mortgages, what's the best way to do that? Best way is to contact me by cell. I mean, my office is right across the road, but you may not always catch me sitting at my desk there. So if you want to talk to me, uh, call me on my cell phone, 289-251-2948, or look me up on the, on the web. Mm-hmm. And you can contact me. All my contact information is there, email and whatnot. I'm always happy to answer any questions people have. Perfect. Well, folks, if you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions, feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca or call into the radio station at 905-372-2391 and you can leave a message for me there. Don't forget to join me next week. I'm Dale Bryant. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Real Realty Brokerage. And we're on every Thursday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon. Join us next week for Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's truly local radio. Until next week, folks. <laughs>